What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Hardworking Happy Hour. I'm Sean. And I'm Catherine. And as always, we'll be breaking down all things trades, entrepreneurship, and turning your creativity into a passion career. Sean, welcome back hey! to New Jersey. Thank you so much. Oh, it's just as I left it. <laughs> Vacation, Sean. Vacation, Sean, no longer. I am just regular old Sean. Yep. Back to work, back to the grind, back on the wheel of life. The How did it feel? Did you have a good productive day today? Uh, I want to say yes, but no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> it was more of like getting reacquainted <laughs> with the flow and right. everything. Um, you got to have a, a comeback day, you know, get yourself back. I mean, there the really wasn't that much for me to do. You know, it's, is you know, my first day back was a Friday. Yeah. You guys had kind of been in the, I didn't know what you guys had done all week. So it was kind of like, you know, you guys were already had your game plan. We're kind of executing what you were doing anyway. So yeah, I was kind of just in the way a little bit, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it felt good to be reacquainted. You know, we got, we got stuff on the docket for next week kind yeah. of preparing. So I, I got some work to do, make sure stuff gets set up. True. So that was good. Um, but yeah, nice to be back. How was vacation? Tell us about it. It was it was pretty good. So, uh, man, it's the first like week vacation I've taken, not work related, in probably five years. Wow! I think the last time I really went away that was not work related was to California on a road trip, and that was four years ago, four and a half years ago, twenty nineteen. So it was good. It was good. Went to Florida. Mm-hmm. Went to Florida, a place called Marco Island outside of beautiful Naples. And uh, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Just rented a house, went with another couple and their uh, little baby child as well. And we brought our little baby child and just kind of hung out. Just kind of hung out, took it easy. What? Why Marco Island? No clue. I had zero part in any of the planning. Oh, okay. I just went and don't know how <laughs> we arrived attendant. at that. But uh, yeah. I feel like pretty much everywhere in Florida is almost the same, you know, it's just Florida. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, uh, no, it was cool. It was cool. It was good to get a break after the first like day when you travel with a child that's about to be three chaotic. Yeah. Not only do they not need a vacation for any reason, (laughs) but they're all out of their, they're all out of their element, you know? Yeah. We're out of our element. You got to really wrangle them. There's a pool right there. We had to be really conscious of that. So uh took took a day or two to, to really get in the relaxation mode, get in the swing of things. But, uh, you know, it was nice to just kind of like disconnect, not worry about the work stuff too much. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys really had it handled. So that was, that was nice. That part of my brain feels refreshed. The part where, you know, you're taking care of a kid, that part's not refreshed. <laughs> That part is not refreshed at all, but... Uh, yeah, Max is really mobile and, like, into stuff. He's into stuff, and he, he just wants to he just wants to run away. He doesn't want to be contained. I do get that vibe. He does not want to be <laughs> contained. Like, the first thing that he did was, like, run to the front door, open it, and run out into the driveway. <laughs> oh, gosh. Like, right away. Max. And then you chase after him. He thinks it's a game. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just figuring this out as I go. Yeah. So. Uh, but it was nice. It was nice to get away for a little bit. You guys did an amazing job. It was it was nice because I didn't have to be in steady contact with you guys. Mm-hmm. I think Monday, uh, you know, there was a little bit of some coordination with some things uh, just very briefly. And then, then I could just kind of see what you guys were doing based on social media. Yeah. So it was cool. So how did we do? Because before you left, I was very adamant that we needed to plan everything out to a T. So we weren't contacting you a bunch. I really didn't want to call you at all. But like you said, on Monday, we did have to touch base on a couple things. Yeah. Like ordering things and stuff. Um, so rate it from one to 10. How did we do? What was your 11. assessment? Oh, really? Yeah. I, you know, it was just incredibly smooth. Well, I think the, the biggest thing is I felt like you guys had it under control. So I wasn't worried. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like, oh God, what's going to happen? Uh, can they do it? Yeah. I felt super confident. I knew that you guys could do it. And, um, you know, you, you guys just had it handled. Yeah. You know, uh, it was cool to see like what clips came out that night. You know, I got to 
it was nice, like a little surprise, like, oh, Premiere posted something. Let me check in. Felt like a fan. <laughs> it was fun. So, uh, you know, you guys created some great clips. I got to see what was going down on the job and, you know, I knew that you guys could handle it and you did. I don't want to say exceeded my expectations because they were already high, but you might have. Oh, wow. So I think you guys did a killer job. Uh, I was super impressed. Uh, I made it so much easier to relax and know that I got a more than capable team. Great job. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. Great job. I thought it went really smoothly as well. Um, I feel like Ant and I are a good team that just were about our business, both of us very much. So we were just like making decisions, making things happen. And it was, it felt like a very productive week. So yeah, I feel like we did a, a stand up job. I was proud of us. Yeah. I think you guys did great. And it was nice to like, since I wasn't there, some of the stuff that I would normally do, just like communication with supplier and stuff like that. It was just like, here, here's, I think I gave him Ant's number because mm-hmm. he wanted to coordinate on some deliveries and everything like that. And I was completely out of it. And um, everything went great and smooth. And um, yeah, was there any, was there any big hiccups? Like, was everyone sad that it wasn't that, it wasn't like very funny? No, <laughs> no we laughed? had a great time. We had a lot of fun. okay thanks thanks uh no we really there was only the only hiccup was that we didn't have a couple things a couple supplies that we needed um just waiting on deliveries and stuff for that but that was really it that was everything else went pretty smoothly um anthony broke a window when he was trying to remove the window but that wasn't really that big of a deal yeah, luckily it was the window that was coming out. Anyway. It was the window that was coming out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he was um, he was removing it and broke it, so it was fine. It made for a good. Uh, it made for good content. Yeah, I got to come back today and watch the vlog, kind of see where it was at. That was cool. Uh, and I felt it had a different. It it had a nice like refreshing vibe because I wasn't really in it at all. Yeah. So I just think all around you guys did an amazing job, and I should go on vacation more often. Yeah, feel free, go whenever. How would you rate the week? Without me there. <laughs> 11. Oh, God. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, no, like you said, it's a different vibe, but it was, we had fun. We had a lot of fun. We like, you know, we kept it pretty light. Okay. Especially like you were, you're, you weren't away last Friday, but you were not at work. So it was like a pre-vacation, not a, you're buying your house. So it was like a pre-vacation from your vacation. Yeah. That day, that afternoon. We were all out there laying deck boards, and it was really funny because the guys were just being, like, really funny. And it, it was, like, a very Friday afternoon vibe. Okay. So I really liked that. Um, but, yeah, we had a great time. We, uh, I feel like we were really You're really harping on a great time when I wasn't there. <laughs> well, every time that I go away, you guys have a boys' week, and you tell me how fun it was when I wasn't there. So That's true. Know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Appreciate we that. Time. Well, uh, now I'm back. Yeah. So good times come to an end. Yep. <laughs> so forget about that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... It, I feel refreshed. I feel like it really unlocked, you know, something within me to just like let go. I felt like I was able to let go more than I normally am. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that feels great. That nice. feels really good. And yeah, so good job. Appreciate it. Yeah. Do you want to talk about, last week we talked about how you were about to buy a house. Now, now you're on I the other side of that. Done did bought a house. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? I guess so. Yeah. Um, bought a house. Bought a house, went in, and like, you know, you just like sign these papers, and like uh, the lady's there, like, here, this like paper is for this, this paper's <laughs> for this, this paper's for this. She's like, do you have any questions? I'm like, I I feel like I'm in way too deep now. Like, <laughs> after I sign these, I'll reassess later, <laughs> see if this was a good decision. Uh, it's just that that's like the biggest purchase I've ever made in my whole life. Um, yeah. A little spooky, but soon as we got done with that, went to the house, started bossing up some walls. Yeah. Just getting after it, which was cool. And it's just like a whole new, it's a whole new part of life, you know? Yeah. I feel like uh, we'd been in our last house for over 10 years. And it's nice for, you know, a different adventure in a totally Definitely. different neighborhood and community. So I'm excited about that. We've got some, did I mention the land? Yeah. We've got, I've, I've heard about the land, yeah. We've got some land. We've got a little <laughs> over three acres of land. So pole barn coming soon. Mm-hmm. And uh, just, ex- you know, just excited to like, you know, get after some new projects. So this weekend, I'll be there all weekend getting some painting done, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah. So should be pretty fun. We'll yeah. see. We'll see how it works out. And 
2024. Is that next year? That is, yeah. That's next year. Yeah. Premier project. Yeah. Maybe in the fall. Whoa. Really pull out all the stops. Whoa. Do whatever I want. <laughs> whatever I want. Okay. I can't wait. I'm so excited. So, um, or it might be one of those things where I'm just like crippled by, you know, like uh, analysis paralysis of trying mm-hmm. to come up with the coolest idea ever. And it's just yeah. like, you know, sometimes you get paralyzed by that. That's true. I'm going to try not to have that happen. But, mm-hmm. oh, it just, you know, oh, it's going to be so nice. <laughs> That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like uh, last week you were a little stressed because you were leaving on vacation. You were buying a house. Yeah. You know, it was a lot going on. I was thinking, I was like, I wonder if his excitement or his nervousness will change into excitement because it's all very exciting things. Yeah. Like it's nervous. To, it's it's nerve wracking to buy a new house, of course. Yeah. But if you like pull back a little bit, it was a very exciting like two weeks that you just had. It really was. <laughs> and uh, last night I was like really kind of like losing my mind a little bit. I was just oh. going a little crazy. Um, In a good way or a bad way? Mostly bad, I guess. Oh. <laughs> just like very unstable. <laughs> and I, I realized it was like, it was like the Sunday scaries times 11 because oh. it was like just bought a house. Like, okay, now we're done with the vacation. It's time to really get to work on the house. We're moving in like three weeks. We have to pack up this house. We have to move into the new house. We gutted the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> we took out like one, two, three, four walls. Um, there's just so much work to do. Plus it's like, yeah. got to get back to work and like get back in that mode. So it was, I didn't, I didn't know what was happening, but I was just like, I feel insane right now sunday scaries but now i'm excited good i've identified the issue and it's just time to get to work now yeah so should be cool should be cool time to get out of your own way and just into that house yeah yeah whatever (laughs) thanks for the hype little pep talk that was great it's kind of like from the book that we just read so yeah it was foreshadowing (laughs) love what you did there we'll get to that later but what are we going to talk about i mean did you have anything that you wanted to talk about besides uh, that? No. That was pretty All much it for the week. End, yeah. So um, let's get into the topic that we're going to talk about today, which is kind of some year-end accounting, cleanup, recap, yeah. uh, forecasting, all that kind of stuff. The end of the year sparks that in a lot of people to do, uh, you know, a little... It does. Reflection. Self-assessment, yeah. Exactly. So uh, I usually do it every year, either right at the end of the year, right at the beginning of the year, whenever there's a little bit of a lull, uh, there's really not a lull this year. So it's just kind (laughs) of, you know, do it (laughs) through the peak of craziness. So what I kind of want to talk about is how we set up our budgeting and our projections for the following year, because you can look at all of your numbers and a huge part of our costs are materials, they're going to be variable on every job. So that's not something that I really look at on a year to year basis necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll look at that on a job by job um, basis. So with that, we can just estimate what the materials are going to be on that job. We can account for it. We can do a post game analysis on how close our estimate was to our actual numbers. And that's something that you just, you know, it, it's, a little bit easier than the labor tracking and stuff like that on a particular job, but you can kind of just get adjustments throughout the year because you're going to be bidding another one soon enough and you, you kind of need that on a more ongoing basis. But there's some other costs that can kind of get lost in the shuffle that just kind of pop up here and there. And we try to account for it in the beginning of the year and we try to um, just get a rough estimate based on what the uh, expenditure was, the previous year and just try to estimate what it's going to be for the following year. So things like tools, Mm -hmm. um, vehicles, some larger equipment purchases like that, um, maintenance on machines, all of these things that aren't, aren't necessarily things that you fully plan out, you know, like, like small tool expenditures, that's stuff that's just going to kind of pop up when it pops up. A tool breaks, you need a new one, uh, an unexpected type of tool that you need or want to invest in to make your job more efficient. Mm-hmm. All of these things, you know, we kind of have like a, a, a buffer in there. We have a, a number that we kind of forecast for the year, but a lot of times it's, we're not tracking it through the year and saying, all right, we're almost at that number. We can't buy anything else. Or there's a bunch of extra money. We have to buy something. So it's just something that we look at year to year 
and try to get a number around it. Yeah. So this year, one of the categories is tool expenditures. And that's anything that's under, um, anything that's under like a, like a large purchase. So usually it's 2,500 or under, um, spent about $12,000 this year on tool expenditures, um, for, you know, all kinds of stuff. That's, uh, bits. It's a lot of like those Amazon orders, blades, um, tool purchases like drills, bought a couple circular saws this year, I think. Um, we didn't really buy anything that was like kind of on the upper echelon of that, that price range. Like we didn't have to buy a, uh, we got an IQ saw a couple of years ago. That was a, a bigger expenditure. Um, most of it was small tools, but that stuff adds up pretty quick. Yeah. I had accounted $8,000 in our budget for the year for small tool expenditures and we were at 12. So pretty significantly over that, but in the grand scheme of things, it's still a really small part of our budget and it's not a huge deal, but we'll adjust it because the year prior, we had set, um, I think $4,000 and we spent like 5,500. So we went over it, went even more over this year, but it's something that, you know, we'll just kind of roll into next year, probably forecast maybe a little bit more. Maybe we'll forecast like 15,000 for tool expenditures. Yeah. What do you think? I'm just curious how, how accurately you track this. Uh, I mean, fairly accurately. Fairly accurately. How are you doing it? Doing it through QuickBooks. So all but of like, our receipts come in. Oh, and, and then they, they get itemized through QuickBooks. They get oh, itemized okay. through, okay. yeah. So it's okay. not on like a day-to-day basis, but yeah. it's um on like a month-to-month basis. Okay. Um, my mother-in-law does our books and we'll classify what the expenditure was. And it's, you know, tools, uh, materials, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Got so it. a lot of stuff... There's definitely some more categorization that we could do on certain things like, um, you know, we could just, we could just kind of fine tune some of like, like the tool expenditures could be like bits and blades and things that are more disposable, uh, replaceable things. They could probably be in a different category if we wanted. Um, but we just kind of bundle that all together. It's small tool purchases, anything that you wouldn't get like a loan for. So it's not a piece of equipment. It's a small tool. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So things like that. Mm-hmm. You want to chime in? You got any other questions for me yet? <laughs> Not yet. You can keep going. Really, <laughs> really grilling me. Like, how accurate? No, I was just curious because it's that, like that was a. It's a very you lay out a specific number and then you said that we went. You know, we went over by a certain amount of number. So I was just curious how accurately you can track those things because I know when you you know you go to Lowe's and buy a bunch of stuff. Like, how accurately is it? You know being tracked you got different car i was just curious yeah. i'm not i don't do any of the money stuff so i'm just curious this is like new to me so i'm just curious yeah so fairly accurately all the mm. all the um receipts what, what i really like to do is go places where you don't have to save a paper receipt you can get yeah. an itemized thing to your email so like we have a lowe's card that's usually where we're getting bits blades that or amazon so all of that stuff is itemized in an email receipt and that's where Pretty much everything else that we do is is usually materials purchase. So like any supplier that we go to, that doesn't have to be itemized, um, you know, in a, into a different category. It just all gets lumped together. So there could be some small purchases there that if we go to a lumber yard and we pick up a couple bits because we just need those, that might get categorized under uh, job materials and not under the small tools. So there's, it's not a precise down to the penny type of thing but we're trying to get as close as we can yeah relatively close um so that's something that we look at year by year it's we kind of lay out a rough number for it we try to track it we try to you know just set on a number and hopefully we're around that but every year it's going to be adjusting it's it's not something that you can really forecast accurately and I know some people will set high budget for it. And then towards the end of the year, they'll be like, we have $3,500 left in this budget. Let's buy a bunch of tools that we need. A lot of times, you know, we don't need more stuff in the trailer that we don't need. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I don't like to do that. Um, Do you have any ideas of, of 
you know, ways that we could get better at that. I didn't realize this was this was all so new to you. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess don't it see is, their yeah. receipts or anything. So, um, yeah, that's what that's what kids are saying for like, you know, show me the receipts, but it's like <laughs> proof on like some drama. Yeah, some gossip. Yeah, I'm gonna need to see these receipts. Let me see those receipts. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like uh, we. You are always very good about like if we need anything, you're like just go get it. Like don't. Yeah. You're, you know, you're not like. Well, I got to look at the budget first. Like you, if we need something, you're, you're willing to just grab it and pick it up. So I, I never knew how that like got calculated at the end because it does seem like sometimes, you know, you go to different places or, and you never save receipts. So. So I like them to get get them emailed. Yeah. Whenever possible. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way to do it. Yeah. So that's one of those categories that. We just, like I said, try to be as accurate as possible. We try mm-hmm. to project it, and then we just kind of see where it lands at the end of the year. We're not going to get stressed out throughout the year because, again, it's a small part of our overall expenditures, and you don't want to be in that situation where it's like, we need, you know, we could really use another nail gun. Oh, well, you know, we don't have the money in the budget. It's like, that's ridiculous. Like, just get it and then yeah. figure it out. Let's make it a game next year where we try to get, like, to the penny right. I mean, I guess that's the game. Like, that's the game every year. Like, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't really sound like that <laughs> fun like, of a game. <laughs> um, so, some of the other things that we look at are our uh, labor costs and our insurance costs. Those are the two by yeah. far biggest uh, expenditures besides job materials. But labor is the number one uh, expenditure every year. So, we look yeah. at um, you know the projections for the year as far as labor that's a lot easier to kind of project because everybody's on salary. It's not an hourly thing. So that's one of the reasons I love doing salary because it's easy to know what the number is going to be at the end of the year. Um, It also, you know, gives everybody the peace of mind that, Hey, if it rains or we get done early one day, like it doesn't matter. Like you're getting paid the same amount. It's, I just think a win-win all around. I love settling it up like that because you just know what that's going to be. Yeah. And you can look at the year as a whole instead of like micromanaging the efficiency of every single day, like to, to a fault where you're like, we didn't get anything done today and it cost this much money in labor. So when you look at it on a year, like uh, timetable, you're able to like step back a little bit and just kind of look at it from a bigger perspective and not get so dragged down in those little tiny details. Right. Um, So that's something that's easy to project, and we get pretty close with that. You know, there's going to be things like raises for people, or if we hire a new person, that's something that needs to be adjusted on the fly, and uh, we need to start calculating that into our overhead moving forward in the middle of the year. Yeah. But those, um, all of our insurance is based on our payroll, so that's fairly easy as well. It's kind of just a percentage. We have the workman's comp. We have our general liability. We have our auto, but the liability and the workman's comp are the two biggest uh, expenditures for insurance. So that's something that we can fairly accurately project for the year. Mm -hmm. That might need to be something that we adjust halfway through the year if we make a big decision like hiring somebody or somebody leaves. All of those kind of things um, can kind of be adjusted on the fly. Mm-hmm. So that part is fairly easy for us to, to kind of assess at the end of the year. And so all I'm hearing is that our accounting is super easy, right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, okay. So it, it is sounding like that. It's sounding like we got it figured out pretty good. I don't want that to be the, uh, necessarily the story here. Cause there's still a lot of things that we could do better. Yeah. But we've kind of set it up in a way with, only doing the bigger jobs, everybody being on salary. Uh, we don't have to be, I mean, we could always afford to be much better dialing in on the day-to-day time tracking on every single project, but um, that's something that, that we, we could definitely improve on. But setting it up this way where we're only doing bigger jobs, we can kind of project how much revenue we have coming in for a project and sort of project that for the year. Like this is how much revenue we need to bring in every month. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times if we have weather delays and stuff like that, 
it's going to kind of average out. Like, you know, one job just, we might get killed with weather or, you know, uh, delivery delays, whatever it is, that's usually going to average out. So I think it makes it a lot easier for us to look at the whole year on that kind of time frame, And you can just look at those bigger numbers and not get so like, not so live and die by like the day to day. Because I think that's just really a distraction. Like you, it once you get really dialed into looking at those itty bitty numbers, like on the minute to minute and the hour by hour type of thing. I think for us and the, the type of business that we've built, it just it brings you down into those little details, and it's hard to like pull yourself back and look at the bigger picture. Yeah, and you can really make short sighted decisions that way, make rash decisions where you really just need to step back. And I think the way that we've set it up, it helps us to just do what we do. And then we can kind of assess things and make minor changes, you know, kind of as we go or at the end of the year, but we don't need to live and die by the day to day. And like we didn't produce $4,000 worth of work today. So, you know, we're going out of business. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, that like building things and then working in numbers are like two completely different skill sets. And I feel like it's very hard. Like you're, I feel like you're either really good at one or the other. And if you want to be the kind of accountant person who like just dissects every single cent that they spend, yeah, like that would be just, I mean, unless you enjoy that and you're very good at that and yeah. you're good at running your business that way. That just seems like very, very overwhelming. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think you need to have a balance. Like I don't want to make it sound, I I feel like I'm kind of making it sound like you shouldn't worry about the the little details. Don't even look at the money. (laughs) Don't even worry. (laughs) Money's just a social construct. It doesn't even mean anything. Numbers on a screen. Numbers on a screen, bro. (laughs) But I just, I think that some people get kind of too caught up in the little stuff and not necessarily for, (coughs) excuse me, decision-making or, or stuff like that, I think like it can really like affect your morale to be yeah. like so dialed into the little stuff. It makes you miss like the bigger opportunities that could present themselves. Yeah. And it sounds like you've purposely set yourself up in a way that it makes it like, it's not that you're ignoring the money or that you're like not paying attention to it. You've set it up st- specifically in a way that it kind of handles itself. So it's not like you're. Yeah. To an extent, it's like, you know, we need to hit this revenue projection. We need to do this much worth of work and the numbers should all work out. We kind of, we have our overheads figured out. Um, the only thing that's like super variable is our material cost and that's going to be bid on a job to job basis. So it's not something that we have to account for the whole year. Um, so we know pretty much all of our overhead numbers we're pretty good at estimating our material costs. Those are, that's very easy. The time that we spend on a project, that's the difficult part, but it tends to just even out. You know, it's like one job you get done faster than expected. Sometimes you get just walloped with delays or headaches or unexpected things on a particular job. And it's like that job wasn't as profitable, not nearly as profitable as maybe another one, but you can never really like, anticipate every little unknown and it just doesn't make sense to turn your business model on its head because one job took longer you found unexpected things you did this or that because in our experience it ends up evening out unless it's to like a ridiculous degree where just everything goes sideways and like that could happen especially on a larger job it could really set you back yeah we haven't really had that experience and as long as we hit or get close to our revenue projections. We know our costs. We're good. We're in the green, in the black, or in the, what do they say? In the black? In the black is good, right? Yes, in the red red's is bad. bad. Yeah. Red bad. <laughs> so I like setting it up that way because it makes it easy for me to wrap my head around. I'm not a person that wants to dive into every little tiny detail on um, how many hours we spent this day doing this task. I think it just, it, it's too overwhelming. It's, and it, it just doesn't feel super necessary in the type of business that we have because we're kind of that like boutique style. We're only one crew. We're not trying to, um, 
you know, run multiple crews where, Mm -hmm. you know, your margins get slimmer because your overhead's growing with each crew that goes out. And then it can really kind of have a compounding effect where um, if you're only looking at, you know, these, these big decisions every year, one year could easily put you out of business if you're running three crews and your numbers are off, you know, to just a an moderate degree, you're kind of compounding that problem. Right. We don't have that issue. If something really out of left field, like kind of like comes and like turns the job on its head or puts us way behind, then we can evaluate it and be like, was there something that we missed here? Is there something different that we need to do? But usually it just, it evens out, you know, you kind of look at it on a bigger bigger timeline mm-hmm. and i think you're able to make clear decisions that way yeah was that Makes enough sense. rambling about that i think so okay like so you got it off your chest all right see ya <laughs> yeah no i think you know uh, it's it's that time of year to do that to make these decisions yeah. um is previously there, oh go ahead go ahead i was gonna say is there anything that you're doing differently this year than last year or moving like moving forward um so a couple things that were somewhat unexpected were we didn't have anything calculated for renting a space. It happened pretty early in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that we'll need to, I'll need to add into like the, the overhead budget of rental space, whether it's this space that we're currently in, or it's even something like a pole barn at the new property that still needs to be like an expenditure for Premier to have that space. And that's something that we need to account for. Um, That's pretty much it. The health insurance, that's another big one. We just added another person to the health insurance. So, um, but again, that's, that's something that we can easily project what it's going to cost for the year and just add it into our overhead. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? What do you think that we need to, track more i mean we, we tried some things of like kind of diving in more into the details of time tracking how long it takes to do certain things on a project and to me it felt like it didn't really lead to anything to anything because it's <laughs> we did like, it on a couple of jobs and then we had the numbers and we were like okay now what <laughs> yeah there really wasn't like too much of like a pattern of there wasn't anything glaring that was like, oh, wow, we waste a lot of time doing this or. Yeah, because most of it was kind of just in like miscellaneous framing, miscellaneous. Like it was just like the basic things like framing the deck. We kind of we kind of knew how long that takes. All right. This size, uh, it's going to take us three days. Oh, this one's going to take us five days. Like that's yeah. something super easy from just experience. We know and we can add that into our labor projections on a job by job basis. But it's really in all those other little things like the column detail that's for the roof that, that changes so much on a project to project that it varies so much. We kind of felt like at the end of that, the most efficient way for us is still to like talk through it, sort of build it in our heads and say, okay, like, you know, by the end of first week, we should have this thing framed up, footings done, ready for that inspection. We got another week, uh, you know, framing the roof and getting it weathered in and doing like some accessory stuff, like kind of just looking at it project by project and Mm -hmm. building it out that way because we found that our past experience wasn't super indicative of how long the next one's going to take because all the details are different and a patio could be three days if it's like something kind of simple or an easy installation technique or like on our Phantom Post project, it could be like yeah. two weeks because we're doing a new material and we're doing yeah. these crazy details. So, yeah. You kind of feel the same way about that? Yeah, that's why, yeah. I stopped doing it because it wasn't really... It wasn't really doing anything. It wasn't doing doing much. Maybe we reassess and we, and we try a new way of doing it and I can do it in like a more detailed fashion, but even then I don't know if... Or more of like a vague fashion where it's just like... I feel like maybe even... Instead of just mo- like instead of just tracking what we do, tracking like things that we view as hiccups or something that like went wrong or like you know like something that's taking longer than it should, just tracking those things instead of tracking what's going right because we already know what's going right and you know those things are easy and predictable. But if we're like if we're tracking like oh 
on the Phantom Post project, we spent a really long time on this patio because of the materials. Was it a materials issue? Did we just not know how to efficiently use it? Or is it something we shouldn't use? Or was it because we were adding all these details? Like maybe just track like what those those things were. That's not a bad idea. A hiccup log. A hiccup log. That's a, I, 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 yeah. I, and each job, each job is so different because we do different things. Yep. And then also the weather really changes a lot here. So like that week that we were doing that patio, it was really hot out, which was drying the, the trash bed out really quickly. Yeah. So that was like creating a hiccup on its own. So if we had done that exact same job in the spring, it probably wouldn't have taken that long because we wouldn't have been worrying about that. Or yeah. if we're doing a job in the middle of the winter, things are going to take us longer just because it's cold out and things are, you know. Fingers no work so good. <laughs> Our fingers yeah. are slower or <laughs> like whatever. So I feel like that is even just a, I mean, everybody has that factor too. And, you know, yeah. that's not unique to us, but just in this climate that those are just two things that you have to kind of consider. So we, we're not robots. We don't work at the same pace every single job and do the exact same thing every single job. So yeah. in my mind, it would be more helpful to track like, this went wrong. We did this thing slowly because it was 20 degrees out with 30 miles an hour wind and X, Y, and Z products failed or whatever. Yeah. I think, I think that could be a Actually, really good, what? Now that I'm saying that, it kind of just sounds like I'm creating like an excuses list. <laughs> yeah. And it just, it, it almost seems like if you, if like that is the thing that you want to track, it's almost like you're, you're putting your mindset in a negative yeah, headspace. I can like, see that too. All right, let me look. What did go wrong? Now you're like looking for now things looking that were hiccups. Things, yeah. And then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and then everything's <sighs> and a hiccup. And then everything implodes. Yeah. So we're like a crossroads here. Yeah. <laughs> I think it could be worth like kind of reevaluating and just doing like separating things into fewer categories. Like, okay, this is deck down stuff. So deck surface including railings, including um, skirting, and then like deck up stuff. And then after, say, three, four, five projects, maybe start to see some correlation between like square footage amount to labor. Hmm. Like this was a 600 square foot roof. This is how long it took. And start to like... I just feel like everything we do is so different. It would take such a huge sample size to really come up with some meaningful numbers that like you can do something with because yeah. it's one thing to have the numbers, but it's another thing to do something with right. those numbers productive. And you better be really sure if you have this thing figured out and like, this is the way that you've come to your numbers that when you copy and paste it onto another job that it's, it's more accurate than just looking at the project and kind of building it in your head and saying, okay, I think it's going to take this long. Yeah. Um, because we've been fairly successful with that method because everything's so different. If we just kind of look at something like, okay, based on these last five projects, so-and-so square footage took us this many man hours, person hours. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, to just copy and paste that onto a different job that has its own unique challenges, own unique circumstances, just based on the size, it could be, could be a huge, uh, liability there. Yeah. Hmm. Something to think about. Definitely something to think about. And maybe that's all we shall do at this point is just think <laughs> about it. So yep. anything else you want to say on this nope. or should I kind of wrap it up into I a nice little bow? Wrap it up into a nice little bow. Cause we gotta, we gotta <laughs> get moving. Okay, you got it. Uh, I got a lot of work to do on this new house. God. <laughs> uh, my advice for anybody that hasn't done this end of the year stuff that's maybe just getting started, figure out your fixed overhead and then your, your variable overhead. So if you have people on salary, that's going to be, it becomes a fixed overhead um, where you can account for it for the whole year. Um, if you don't have employees yet, maybe add the cost of an employee into your overhead before you're even ready to hire that person. So you know, okay, we're selling jobs with this overhead figured out and they don't even work here yet. So this is going to work. I will be able to handle this. That's a good idea for you to, to maybe get your feet wet in some of these um, growth modules. Yeah. Like that word. Great. Thanks. Um, <laughs> and then just really try to dial in your, your, your variable expenditures, like your tool costs. Um, a lot of people that are just starting out, like don't even 
think about that because they're like, I already have tools. That's not an overhead. Right. I already own them all. But tools are going to break. You should get paid to have your tools. That's not just something that like, oh, I have tools, so that's already done. Or I already have a truck, so I'm not going to figure that in. You'll figure out pretty quick that your truck's going to break down. You're going to want a new truck. You're going to need a new truck. You're going to need another truck. You're going to need stuff. You're going to need a trailer. All this kind of stuff is going to come up and you need to have it accounted for in some capacity so that you're not always stuck in this mode of growing, growing, growing. Everything's going good. Uh Oh, I need to buy something big back to square one, emptied out my savings, Mm -hmm. doing it again. And now I add in that, that truck payment or, or whatever it is. So, um, Try to figure out all those little things and build out what is this going to cost me for the entire year to run this business. And the only thing that, you know, you shouldn't have in there is like your material costs, maybe a couple other things, but try to figure out all of those fixed cost things for the entire year and then work backwards and say, okay, we work five days a week. We might have 15 weather days a year. Take those out. This is what I need to make each day to be profitable and make what I want to make. If you're a solopreneur and you're working by yourself, you can just say, I want to make $1,000 a day. All you got to do, add up all of your expenditures, figure out how many days you can work, and then boom, divide your fixed overhead cost by how many days you can work, add $1,000 per day, you're good to go. And then make sure that you're pretty dialed in on your material costs and you'll be good. So that's like an overly simplistic way to look at it. But um, for some people, it can be an easy, accessible way to look at it. And for certain business models, it might be kind of what you want to stick with. Yeah. We kind of work on a modified kind of basis of that. Really tie that into a nice little bow. Thank you so much. Do appreciate <laughs> that. Merry Christmas, everybody. That is your present. Oh, so nice uh, little gift for everybody. Yeah. All right. Well, we're done with that for now. Yes. Um, Merry accounting, everybody. And <laughs> now we're on to our, our accounting this. hardworking happy hour book club. We should make a jingle we for that. We definitely should make a jingle yeah. for that. Okay. Add that to the list. Add All right. So this list. week we read Un F Yourself. Um, Are we allowed to say the word? It just can. feels so I, bad. I, it, yeah. I'm not gonna. I don't want to. Either. I say it in my personal life, but for some reason it sounds bad to say right now. Un F Yourself. Un F Yourself. All right. Um, Start with your. Give us your thoughts. So this book was about... Should we say who it's by? Uh, John Bishop or Gary Bishop? Gary Bishop. Okay. Gary Bishop. A Scottish man. So if you do listen to the book, he's got this great Scottish accent. I had to turn it off of 1.3 because I had to listen to it at regular speed, which, you know, takes a little longer. He's got time for that. He's <laughs> got the time. Um, but the book is about getting your getting out of your own way. It's like, I felt like it's a ter- it's a stereotypical self-help book i didn't take anything like remarkable out of it but it is a good like kick in the butt if you need if you need some tough love if you're like in a rut and need some tough love i would say listen to this book even more so than than reading it in a paper way because i liked the guy's accent and it was like fun to listen to um but he really talks about a lot about like really analyzing yourself and your willingness to do these things like you have these uh, big goals and you want to do all these things but how willing are you to to do it to get down to the nitty-gritty what that was like that was like one of my that was gonna be one of my big talking points (laughs) (laughs) why out of the whole book why do we come up with the same talking points (laughs) all right go ahead consult my notes (laughs) i'll pick a different talking point (laughs) no that's okay um which another another topic that i think we've I can't, we always talk about extreme ownership and I think that was in a book that you read. Yeah. Um, he talks about that concept in this book, like taking personal responsibility and not letting things happen to you and being the captain of your own ship. And really, if you can't change the predicament or the situation that you're in, changing your mindset basically does the same thing. So he's big on that. So I feel like the book was really good in that it is like a, it's like, it's tough love. That's what it is. It's a hundred percent tough love. Don't feel bad for yourself. Get out there and do the things you say you're going to do. Your word is your honor. You can't change your honor. Do the things you're going to say. So it's like, it's tough love. Yeah. I liked it. I respected that part of it. I feel like I didn't particularly need a, a kick in the butt at this current moment, but maybe when I do, I will revisit it. Yeah. So what do you think? 
Uh, what did I think about it? So I was I always feel a little a little uh, weird about you know this this type of book. It seems like they're they're coming out like every year where they right. want to they want to throw a curse word in the in the yeah. cover and be like they want they gotta grab you. Yeah. What? <laughs> oh my! He said a, there's a curse word right on the <laughs> right on the cover. Because what's the other one? There's another one that's the subtle art of not yes, giving a f. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that just that to me feels like very gimmicky. Sure, it feels yeah. like gimmicky and like kind of like I don't know, just like kind of corny a little bit. Yeah, to be like I don't know, and like there was one part where he's like, "If you've ever done this, should I?" That's I, a New York accent. Yeah, I can't. I'm not good <laughs> at accents. Like, okay, raise your hand, and he's like, "Okay, put your hands down." Everyone's looking at you, like you know, in this like mm-hmm. like no one was raising their hand. <laughs> All right, Gary, <laughs> nobody was raising their hand. I wasn't. I was in my car. I would be hitting the roof of my car. But um I just feel like that that turns me off a little bit. Yeah. Just when it's like, I don't know, it just feels like so corny and forced to be like, you know, I don't know who responds really to that type of it just feels like fluff. The level of corniness, yeah. Like it just feels like you have to do that because there's maybe not that much substance to what you're saying. <laughs> so like you have to like have that like it's not even shocking. Like everyone says the F word, you know? I don't know. Except us on this podcast. Except, I mean, this is family <laughs> podcast. We don't want to do that. So, um, yeah. Once I got past that, and the accent was also something that was, I, I did listen to it at, I think I listened at 1.4. Oh. And it does make some of the stuff they say like, sound kind of funny because it's in an <laughs> accent and it's kind of going fast. But yeah. the one thing that, um, one of the things that I really liked about it, once I kind of got past that, this is corny and, you know, whatever, was willingness and unwillingness and really contemplating that because you can look at something in your mind and and have these thoughts running through your head of I don't have a six-pack I'm a failure I don't have this expensive car I'm a failure I don't have this and if you don't really like evaluate it you're just like putting this sort of societal pressure on yourself to like just have these things because these are the things everybody wants and a lot of people don't really take the time to say okay six-pack abs if I want that I need to be willing to work out every day eat a super clean healthy diet not go out to eat and gorge on beautiful desserts all these things like you need to (laughs) sorry somebody's obviously thinking about some sweets yeah (laughs) <laughs> the way that you said that was so passionate the beautiful desserts the beautiful desserts <sighs> i was just on vacation i was eating <laughs> some some may or may not consider beautiful desserts entenmann's crumb cakes what that's that's a beautiful dessert oh my absolutely um <laughs> just heavenly <laughs> i kept like every morning i bought a six pack of them and i was like you guys gotta try these <laughs> no one had any of them and so i ate all six of them amazing absolutely right. That is a beautiful dessert. <laughs> anyway, before you distracted me there, <laughs> I'm going to distract myself with the... God. Oh, and I had this oh amazing, amazing ice cream. It's mint chocolate chip, the green kind, which I like the green kind. I love mint chocolate chip ice cream. And your wife always Hates ruins it. it for me. She always says it tastes like toothpaste. And I'm like, why you got to say that? I don't care. She says that because it doesn't. It tastes amazing. <laughs> and we were at the store the first day and I was like, I'm going to get this... They had, there's one brand still does a half gallon ice cream mm. of true because everyone they're skimping right the, the boxes get smaller and smaller every year it's like <laughs> pretty soon this is not even going to be existent it's just going to be like a speck of a label <laughs> but anyway still full half gallon looked great so I got that she's like you really need a full half gallon of mint chocolate chip no one else likes that no one's going to eat that and I was like first of all if they don't I don't care <laughs> second of all I'm on vacation. I want this ice cream. I'm going to get this ice cream. And third of all, I hope that they don't eat it because I want to eat the whole <laughs> damn thing myself. We get there. They're like, yeah, of course we like mint chocolate chip ice cream. It's awesome. It's so good. So mm. it was like, good you thing you got it. Good thing I got it. So, <laughs> uh, what was I saying? <laughs> I got really distracted there. The things that you have to sacrifice to get your six. Yeah, exactly. Ups. So you really need to like evaluate it and look at it and be honest with yourself. Like, and it's okay to say, I'm not willing to do these things to get that result. 
Yeah. Like, it's okay if you don't have a six pack, as long as you're not telling yourself every day that you should. You and just then have being to disappointed be disappointed in yourself. Yeah. You just yeah. have to be honest with yourself and say, I'm not willing to do these things to get this result. And that's yeah. fine. Not everybody needs to have a six pack. It would completely defeat the purpose of having one if everyone had one. <laughs> so some people need to still be a little flabby to make it worth it for the people that do have it, which will hopefully be me, <laughs> me soon because I'm done with the desserts. I'm done with the desserts. And same thing with, same thing with having like a really nice car or something or a huge house. Yep. Like it's okay to say I'm not willing to work all these extra hours and sacrifice time with my family just to get this result. And as long as yeah. you have that honest conversation with yourself, you can then move on to, well, you know what? Those things ended up not really being important to me. So let me not have this disappointment self-talk that I'm yeah. always giving myself, whether it's conscious or subconscious. Let me think about the things that really would bring me a lot of joy, like a beautiful dessert, <laughs> beautiful Endman's crumb cake. They're mm. so good. Okay. I wish I wasn't on an extreme diet. <laughs> I think I gained like 12 pounds on vacation. It was insane. <laughs> Loved every that's minute. Okay, of it. a good time. So that's all it matters. It was good. Um, I liked the other part of the willingness thing where he was talking about um, like really reflecting on your own personal life and seeing the things that you are willing to do because you are doing them. Like, yeah. like oh, I'm complaining about my job every day. I hate it so much. You are willing to stay in that job because you haven't changed it yet. Or like you're yeah. in a horrible relationship and you're so unhappy and this person is just dragging you down. But you are willing to stay in that relationship to not face the discomfort of ending that relationship because you're doing that. It's yeah. like, oh, that's that's an interesting way of thinking that because you don't you usually think like these things are just like happening to me. They're just happening to me. I'm just, you know I'm an innocent bystander of my own to, circumstance. Yeah. I used to think that way about my job because I just when I was doing whatever, I was, I, I was started off as like a mortgage banker. I got that job because my ex's mom worked at the bank. And then I just kind of like let jobs happen to me after that, that like just kind of fit my experience. And I was like, I was willing to do that because I just let those things happen to me. I didn't choose that path. It just. Path chose you. Path chose me, but I was willing to let it choose me because I just didn't change it until I did change it. They said, so, do, you, do you want to go on this path? And they got no response. I, they got no response from me. They I just, just got dial tones. So like, I handed right. them my hand and they led me down that path. And then I changed it. So I thought that was like an interesting way to to kind of flip the script on on how you think about your life. Because a lot of people are in like unhappy relationships or they're in an unhappy job or they're unhappy with yeah. their home life or, you know. But there are a lot of things about your life that you just kind of let happen to you in an effort to not have to think about like the hard thing that you have to get through to go to the other side of that thing. Yeah. Which you are willing to do. I am willing to have like a happy life or a happy job or a happy day today experience, you know? A happy day. Happy day. I am willing <laughs> to have a happy day. Happy day. Um so yeah, I thought that was that was an interesting like way to think about it. Like what are you willing to do? Yeah. Or what you're willing to sacrifice. Because another thing, if you if you say, I want to run a marathon, I am willing to train two hours every single day so I can run this marathon in three months. I am 100% willing to do that. Okay, well, what are you willing to not do? Because you're not going to just magically come up with two extra hours every day. What are you sacrificing? What are you willing to get rid of to do that thing that you want to do? So Yeah, that's I like true. thinking about it like that. Yeah, that was definitely my biggest takeaway was like the thinking around willingness and unwillingness around these certain like you know kind of like subconscious things like pr external pressures that are kind of put on people like the need to like always make more money the yeah. need to you know be in excellent shape and like just do all these things you really need to evaluate like maybe this isn't for me yeah maybe I don't need to do these things to get this result because I don't care that much about the result or I don't care more about the result than I do about keeping these things in my life like beautiful desserts. <laughs> and I'm still just not sure where I fall on that. Am I willing to do any of this? Am I willing to give up the beautiful desserts? Um, I think I'd rather just ebb and flow with it. Like, whoa, I got way like out of here. You really did enjoy the beautiful dessert situation. Oh, God, it was great. Uh, I think, I, I think that's what I like. For, like, you know, work out for a while. Benders. Eat healthy and then just like 
Let's go. <laughs> Ice cream, full half gallon. I don't want any of that 1.5 liter nonsense. Did you know you go to the ice cream aisle in the store? Mm-hmm. Go there. Most of the things don't say ice cream. What did they say? They say frozen dairy dessert because they're not ice cream. Like there's mm. a law or something. Like it has to have a certain amount of like cream to be ice cream. Most of them aren't. They're f- stuff of fillers and nonsense. And it's 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 not even ice cream. Ice cream's not even ice cream anymore. It's frozen dairy dessert. <laughs> That's horrible. Is that what we've come to as a society? We can't even have ice cream? How are we supposed to end wars? Tell me that. <laughs> should we go protest at the Capitol right now? This is important. I think we should protest at the Dairy Queen. <laughs> I'm not sure where would be the most suitable place to protest this. But anyway. <sighs> That might make for a good little clip. (laughs) 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 All right. uh, Do you have any more ice cream knowledge you want to drop? Because we do have to move on to our bad sales story. Okay. Uh, One thing I will say that I do think is important to get out there is... um, Oh. We got to give our final reviews of the book. I forgot about that part. Yeah. um, Mint chocolate chip ice cream, my favorite. (laughs) It's my favorite type. And um, it's very important. (laughs) But it's got to have the big... It's got to have the big chips. Okay. It can't have the shavings. I don't. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Usually of they call that a choco mint chip. That's a Turkey Hill choco mint chip. And yeah. it's got the shavings. Yeah. No, thank you. I need a hearty. And you're a green green purist because my favorite is the Briars mint chocolate ah, chip. That one's that's it's the only white, white one that I love. <laughs> chips. <laughs> Funny that fact. That is perfection. Once we polished off the green one, <laughs> next time at the store we got the we got the Briars. Nice. Both excellent. I'd say on a, okay, if you're eating it in a cone, it's got to be green. <laughs> if you're eating it out of a bowl, the white's fine. Okay. But I find that more greens are better than whites. The Briar's white. Oh, phenomenal. It's amazing. Tier, yeah. So good. Top tier. So good. All right. What's your favorite type of ice cream? Mint chocolate chip. Mint chocolate chip? Yeah, Briar's. Oh, so whites, good. White's Briar's, mint chocolate chip. Oh, it's a beautiful dessert. It is. It's perfect. It really It's light is. and refreshing, but it's still ice cream. You can't go wrong. You really can't. It almost... Is it healthy for you? I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. All right, I perfect. It, I think it's healthy. Ice cream only diet. <laughs> anyway, okay. Um, Final review. What do you got? Um, hmm, Let's go with a 4.2. Okay. I feel like if you're, in a, if you're in a rut and you're like, man, I just can't. I just can't. I'm being so hard myself. on my... Yeah. I cannot F myself and I'm just in a rut and I can't. I just need someone to kick me in the butt and no one in my personal life is doing it. I think that this book could be a good option because it does present. I will say this book, a lot of these like self-help books really just say these like vague things that like, yeah, F yourself. And then they just don't say anything. This book did actually have like some exercises or things that you can try out to like help. So I will, I give it points for that for sure. So I'm going to go 4.2. And I liked the guy's Scottish accent. That was interesting to listen to. Um, I found the accent very distracting. Uh, I felt like a lot of it was just kind of gimmicky with the whole with the whole profanity and just like I don't know. Some of it was just like that's so corny. Why why'd you put that in the book? <laughs> um, but I do think that compared to some of those typical like mindset type books, it did have some good points in it. It had some good things to think about. <sighs> I'm gonna go five point one. Just, just ever so slightly above average. Okay. Um. And I, I think, I think it could be much higher than that, or much lower than that, depending on when you're listening to it. Because it's really, you know, if you're like already locked in on all these things, you're like, I don't need this. This is right. stupid. But you know, if you are possibly, you know, might have a problem with beautiful desserts, <laughs> you listen to it and you start to reevaluate everything about your life. So, uh, okay. yeah. Um, so our next book, which was sent in by our friend slash ex client, uh, Allie, she messaged me and sent this in as a suggestion. So I'm really excited about it. It's called the great mental models, volume one, general thinking concepts by Shane Parrish. Woo. So volume one, I assume that means that there's more than one. Um, and on the cover, there's a little toolbox. So love that. Pretty excited to, to hit that one up. So, we will talk about that next week. Thank you, Allie, for sending that in. I'm excited to get going on that one. Me as well. 
Um, all right. Okay. So now it is time for our bad sales story. Bad sales story. Bad sales story of the week. Um, oh, okay. that was nice. <laughs> oh, thank you. Do that uh, again. No. So okay. this came from uh, from Josh from Fox Home Improvements. And I thought this one was pretty funny. So he goes into an estimate. He does general home repair. So it's like, a, you know, a little bit of everything. General. So this man contacts him. He goes over to the to Always the men. Awesome. Always, Always men. men. Typical. God. Um, he goes over to the house and the man is kind of showing him around the house and saying all the things that he wants to get done because it's a, it's a little bit of everything kind of job. Um, like, a, like a handyman kind of. Handyman. Handyman type things. Um, but as he's going around and he's showing him, he's saying, okay, I need my, you know, whatever re-caulked. That's going to be $250. And then I also need you to go in here. I got a leaky pipe. You got to fix that. That's going to be $550. And Josh was like, wait, wait, what? Like, he thought, he didn't understand at first what was happening. Like, what do you, what do you? How, what are you saying? Like, what do these things cost? Where are you getting this amount from? I'm the one here to give you an estimate, not you give me the estimate. What are you doing? Um, so it turned out this man had gone on the internet and Googled like, how much does this cost? And then whatever popped up, he was saying like, that's like, so he was trying to get ahead of the, ahead of the, uh, ahead of the game, ahead of the game or the, the negotiations. What's that? What is that called? Uh, <clears throat> what is the word I'm looking for? I don't know. A negotiation to get ahead of the yeah, sure negotiations um okay but i thought that would be pretty funny and also very uncomfortable when you're like wait no this is not how this works excuse me am i in bizarro world <laughs> i give you the numbers you do not give me the numbers have i been doing it wrong the whole time are you you're supposed to give me the numbers no one else is giving me the numbers give Which, me the numbers it would have been cool if the numbers were like higher than what he was thinking but that that's exactly where that's it what. just led that's where my mind just went how come when like, because, you know, you can you can find websites to tell you average <clears throat> project to do this, isn't that? Yeah. It's never. It's never even it's, close to right. <laughs> it's not only not ever close to right. It's never more. <laughs> oh, no. Not even close. <laughs> I've never seen one thing that's like, you know, this will typically cost this much and be like, ah, it doesn't usually cost that much. It's always like, what? That's like. You can paint a whole house for six bucks? I don't think so. You can't even buy a paintbrush for six bucks. Like, what? It's never more. Yeah. Let's never. We should start a website where it just gives astronomical <laughs> prices. And then we come in and we're lower than that. They're like, oh, I thought it was going to be yeah. $6 billion to build a deck. Wow. Yeah. You're only $4 million? <laughs> That's great. Wow. A deal. You're on sale. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you want to avoid that uncomfortableness... Get groundwork. Use our code. It's hardworking happy hour fifty for fifty percent off of your first two months. You can do video walkthroughs, and you won't have to talk to these people. Well, like a little, but yeah, not in person. Love that. Hate talking to people in person. It's <laughs> the worst. It's fine to talk to people in person. You just got to delay it a little. Feel them out. Make sure you're talking to the right people. You don't right. want to talk to the wrong person exactly. in person because they could, you know, be a murderer. Could be. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> All right. Are, yeah. Sorry, my brain's... This I, is, I haven't is, had any beautiful desserts in a while. <laughs> I feel like my brain's this is getting fading. Squirrely. All right. Uh, you got any closing thoughts? Money. Money. Uneffing yourself. Money is the name of the game. And it's not all about the cheddar, but it is partially about the cheddar. And I think a lot of people in this industry that are true tradespeople, they undervalue themselves. They don't look at all of those little things like having the tools and charging for the tools. They think, I'm a carpenter. If I wasn't doing it for somebody else, I'd be doing something around my own house. These are my tools. I already have these. I'm not going to account for you know a tool purchase allotment. You need to. You need to value yourself. You need to put projections for growth in your current budget so when it comes time to make that step, the money is already factored in and you can stay ahead of the game, not always be behind the eight ball, which so many tradespeople are because they're really not business minded like that. They're used to just doing the trade that they love and they're not getting properly, 
properly compensated for it. And uh, I think that's something that just needs to change across the board. You have a skill set that everybody needs and everybody should be charging more for it and just making sure that they're getting the value that they deserve from their clients that they, you know, a lot of the, a lot of these tradespeople do anything for their clients and you should get compensated properly and fairly for that. So make sure you take a look at your numbers and uh, in most cases, jack them up a little bit. Yeah, everyone just jack your prices up by 10% right now. At least, at least, yeah, you know. <laughs> How was that? Beautiful, love it. Great job. Thank you. All right, go get to that new house, Oh, Sean. yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> hey, okay, all right, so that's it for this week. Yes. Uh, next week, make sure you read that book with us. Well, you actually have two weeks because next Monday is Christmas and we will not <sighs> be releasing a new episode on Christmas Day, so you guys can enjoy your time with your family uh, or whomever if you choose to. Some people say silence is louder than words, and we're going to test that out next <laughs> week. So uh, just sit in your car, have silence on, and pretend that it's us. And if you miss us, we have like 100 episodes backlogged. Yeah, so check those out. Try one of those old yeah. ones. Anyway, uh, that's it for this week. We'll s- till next time, this has been the Hardworking Happy Hour. See you in two weeks. Okay, bye.